Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Ben Slinger. Ooh, I'm wonderful this week. I like it. Yes. Hello and welcome, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode 147 of Bitstorm. Have we got to 147? I don't know. It's, let's not jinx it. <laughs> Are we going to be at, like, 150 by PAX? I think, uh, well, that makes sense. We did at 100 at PAX last year, so it would be around that time. PAX is coming up. Uh, in fact, it may almost just about be here by the time you hear this. Two weeks' time? Yes, it will be. PAX is this weekend. <laughs> there you go. So, I think we will jump in. We're going to do something a little bit different this week, uh, something we've done before, but don't do that often, we're going to do some adaptations or some tie-ins uh, for popular movies, uh, which, you know, is where we basically each, we choose a movie. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at sort of 80s and 90s movies, my heyday, um, and also mm-hmm. just maybe some properties that haven't been touched in a while. Uh, but, you know, there's nothing to stop us from doing uh, modern stuff as well, new stuff. But basically, grab that movie and see what it inspires us to to create if we were to make a video game of that movie. Cool. So, I believe you said you would like me to go first. Yes, because you only sprung on this on me about two minutes ago. (laughs) This is true. This is true. Okay. Now, I'm going to go this one. It's it, it caught my eye because I've seen it come up in a couple of contexts recently, and there were games of this uh, back in the day. It's quite possible we've even done a game of this already, and I can't remember it. But anyway, uh, my movie is the classic 1990s Home Alone, starring the wonderful Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. I think we have actually done this before. Well, let's but do it again. We can do it again. Because we'll come up with something different. Um, and look, I think I think this game is, I mean, this movie is sort of ripe for uh, sort of, you know, setting traps and, and creating, well, manipulating question. the environment. Are you but- going to redo, like, the original, or is this a new Home Alone uh, sequel set in the same universe. Yeah, that maybe this time Kevin McAllister, Kevin McAllister's down on his luck a little bit, and he's actually gone into like the um the, the house robbing business, burglary, yeah, uh, game. Sure, and it's what and it's uh, one of the Wet Bandits' kids is at home, <laughs> 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 and um, this kid is well aware of Kevin McAllister because his dad has just, like, been railing against him for decades now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now 40-year-old Kevin McAllister comes busting drunk into the house or tries to. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. We could just go the classic and, and you know, obviously put that narrative twist on it, but go the classic sort of set traps, you know, chain reactions of different things. There's There's some fun to be had there. But we could also take it in a bit more of a, I don't know, a bit of a narrative sense or just change the, the perspective a bit. Like I'm wondering what a first person Home Alone would look like. Maybe make it a bit of more of a creepy thriller type game because you're a little kid and there's fucking people breaking into your house. You yep. know what I mean? Okay. I I want though there to be a vignette every now and again of- that you get to play yeah. of the parent coming, uh, trying oh, to get home. Yeah, 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 yeah. That works well because so, that evokes the original movie very well. Yeah. So you, you've you've sort of got like the antics of of like trying to get home. Meanwhile, you've got like a scary horror horror sort of game. So mm. it it can almost be be sort of like almost what the other one is thinking of of what's actually happening you know it's <laughs> yeah. sort of like so it's actually all from the parents perspective you you realize well it's it's um each each part like the the scary you know kid 
creating traps and all this sort of stuff is sort of like the parents thought of what's actually yeah. happening to the kid and then the um the parent having like a whimsical adventure is what the kids <laughs> think is happening that's kind of cool happening. it's like in there yeah and and at the end you know, like you find out it the shows truth and and actually you find out the truth and it's like the kid the kid literally had you know pizza for dinner or ice cream for dinner or every day yeah, and exactly. that's about it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, it'd be interesting to try to, you know, how you get that across. But I guess, yeah, if you just do that twist in the end and the the, the parent comes home and they're just like, oh, my God, like, I thought you were going to get killed by burglars breaking in. The kid's just like, yeah, that's fine. What? But I'm this sure you, had a, I'm sure you had a blast coming to find me anyway, right? You met all sorts of wacky characters. <laughs> um, One of the things that I remember from the movie is- there's, there's like a, a theory out there that the father was actually like a mobster or something like that. Um, and that's how they got all this money for this beautiful house. Right. Like that he, that he was actually, you know, on the take from, from the mob or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why, you know, that there was a cop who came into the house at the start and all this sort of stuff. And they're just trying to, trying to explain why they got such a big house, but this guy doesn't seem to really do anything for work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can go with that. Well, maybe it. Well, particularly if we're taking this into, you know, a new generation. Fantasy land. Yeah. Uh, although we do run into the into one of those issues of, uh, you know, modern modern media where what happened to all the cell phones? Yeah. Because any any modern you know eleven year old has their own phone and so do their parents. So maybe you have a scene at the beginning where I don't know. Well, the the phone the phone is being packed away into the luggage, and the luggage is with them. So when she when she tries to ring the phone, and no one has no one has landlines anymore, so yeah. it's not like she can she can call home because they just do everything on mobile. She call I can imagine there right, being a thing where she calls the mobile and it just rings from the um from the from luggage the that luggage. they got there. Yeah, you can have a little a little vignette, like you said, a little a little playable bit where you have to track down where the phone's ringing from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's that's pretty good. Um, so that explains that. Yeah, sure. And then you know, kids don't remember their bloody parents' phone numbers and all that sort of stuff. It's, well, and it's if they all don't have in their phones phone, nowadays. Yeah, that's it. Maybe you can have a, seg- a section where they like go to the neighbour to to use their phone, but yeah, like if they don't know the number. And neighbours don't talk to each other, so no. <laughs> it's like it's it's you know in the vein of the scary old man down the street. Or whatever it was in, in was that in the first one or the second one? Anyway, that was the first one. Yeah, the uh, bird lady was in the second. Right, one. but yeah, like you have that that equivalent of the neighbor is like the the gr- crotchety old neighbor who who nobody talks to, but he goes over there and yep. and, and is actually a nice guy. Yeah, and not that guy from Hello Neighbor. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. I like that. That's that's fun. Um, you'd switch it up as okay, well. Okay, sort of that you can make it. Make it the daughter that's that's at home instead of a son, because I'm pretty sure yep. all like five Home Alone movies or whatever they ended up making were all yeah, it was all boys. always a boy. Yeah, equal opportunity um, child and endangerment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Daughters get left at home too, damn it. <laughs> and so, is it is it the daughter then of someone from the franchise already? Like, is that what we're doing? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Maybe is it is it Kevin's daughter? No, but Ke- Kevin's the um the burglar. Oh right, we did say that. Okay, okay. He can't be both the father and the burglar. <laughs> well, unless we do some sort of like dimensional rift thing, that we maybe we <laughs> go into that. Uh, um, That's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's like an alternate version of of Kevin, where you know he's. His parents never actually went away on trip, but they they got brutally murdered by the wet bandits or something yeah, like exactly. that. <laughs> exactly, he's found his way. Whatever, we could do that. Um, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, it's not great to make this. It's our game. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> All right, so what? I, I want to go into the gameplay a little bit more because yeah, I like this idea of the when you're the girl at home, you are in first person. Yep. Um, and you've got that kind of, you know, it, it, it gives you that sense of, oh, you're not a full-size human being. 
Yep. That sense of scale. You can't, yep. you can't jump up and get something off the fridge. You can't, you know, you, you need to move things around. And and I think you're in like a modern house. So you've got security cameras and, and you know, an alarm system and stuff. And so you can kind of, and, and maybe you have to make sure that those things are set. You know, you need to go outside for something or right, turn off the alarm. You need to remember to turn it back on. Otherwise, yeah, later when evil Kevin shows up, um, there's at least some some way of, of letting her know that, that someone's breaking in. I, I'm just imagining the whole time that evil Kevin is, like, ridiculing the shitty traps. Yes. It's like, I did better when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking Gen Z. Worse than millennials. <laughs> So lazy. So lazy and you can't even set up a fucking nail through the floor or a paint can swinging on a rope. Yeah. I like that. God, What's- that is that is scary. <laughs> like, you could just imagine, like, the way that it was so light and happy with the music, but you changed that, that sort of music to, like, dark suspense. Oh, yeah, yeah. It can be done. Well, and what made me think of it, uh, and, and here's just a quick quick little aside that I won't go into, but go and look up um, Corridor on, on YouTube. They just did uh, R-rated Home Alone, where they basically re-edited Home Alone to make it that Kevin has killed his entire family, and nice. Harry and Marv are coming uh, to stay in what they think is an Airbnb, and he's just murder- he just murders them. Uh, <laughs> and they, like, put in all these great edits... Like CG edits and stuff of the different shots. Yeah, fantastic. Go check it out. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, right. so three, two, one, select. Three, two, <laughs> one. Think of the next game. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I've really been on a Stephen King, Ooh, um, yeah, sort of thing at the moment. Yep. Something I mentioned the other day, and you didn't want to go ahead with it. Okay, was a sequel, a secret prequel <laughs> to Christine. To but cr- I okay. think okay. You playing like a possessed car yeah. could actually be kind of cool. Yeah, that's neat. So rather than being a secret pre- secret prequel, it's just a, a it's just straight an out like adaptation of Christine. Sure, where you know you've got some some sort of control over the radio. You've got um, the idea being that you sort of freak the people out. Yeah, well, I like that idea of it just being these scenes in this car or around this car where, yeah, at different times you can select things to do, like turn the windscreen wipers on, honk the horn, turn the lights on and off, start the engine, you know, jam the accelerator, whatever, you know. But, yep. but yeah, it's all just about the timing to kind of push the narrative forward. To maximize, maximize the scare yeah, sort of thing. And you almost have like a, a freak out meter. The idea being that, you know, you you scare them to death sort of thing. Yeah, I think basically each scene and, and so funnily enough, um the the big the big the game that's the talk of the town this week is Untitled Goose Game, which I downloaded Guess what I bought. Yeah, I downloaded yesterday. <laughs> um played it with the kids a bit. It's really good for that. But I've got it on the Switch, so oh yeah, nice. um yeah. But in that where you've sort of got you've got your checklist almost of of things to do. And it's just around the time, like there's sort of timing aspects. So I'm thinking with Christine, you've kind of got, all right, um, make the the dude bro spill his beer, right? And <laughs> yep. it's all about, yeah, honking the horn at the right time when he's taking a drink or something like that. Uh, and maybe there are a couple of different ways to do each of these things. And you don't necessarily have like a literal checklist. It's just you're kind of watching these scenes play out and repeat and these they're going about their little routines in the car and you can take advantage of those moments to sort of realize that oh there's something you can you can do there um uh, yeah i'm kind of imagining that there's there's like a scene where you know someone's got into the car and you know you can sort of leave the controller alone a la you know the start of spy party where the computer sort of takes control and then as they're driving down the street you know you can all of a sudden you know, start turning the wheel and, and jamming the accelerator and, and just sort of scaring the absolute bejesus out of, out of like, the little old lady crossing the road or something like that. Well, I like the idea that it escalates. And I don't remember the book and the sliders, like, the actual story or the characters. No. And I don't think we need that. But It's more the idea of a possessed car. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I wonder if it, if it escalates from early on. It is just, like, 
harassment sort of thing, pissing people off and then scaring them and then eventually like literally murdering them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there might be a scene where, yes, yeah, someone gets into the car and they will take off and start driving, but you notice like they didn't put their seatbelt on. So literally, and this is like late game, literally what you need to do is wait for the right time and then just swerve into a, like a lamppost and they go <laughs> flying through the windscreen. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And, and that's like you kill, you kill shot. And you could have some interesting, like, I think you would want character stuff in there. You want narratives around these. Who are these people? It's like this family that has this possessed car. Or or whether you go through multiple families as they like pass it off for being haunted or whatever, but but there's there's a bit of a, a through a through line narrative and you know, these these last people you kill are like they're evil themselves, basically. You know what I kind of want to have happen as part of this though? Mm. Like towards the end, you actually find out that Christine and Herbie are actually kind of interrelated. Maybe they're your that- parents. Maybe you don't play Christine. You play the love child of Christine and Herbie, the love bug. <laughs> God. <laughs> they fucked. <laughs> Graphic car sex. <laughs> totally. Um, that, that's like the, that's like the um, pipe action. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, just, I just started thinking, you know, that would actually be kind of cool to see, like, um, this- old sort of Chevy or whatever it is and, and like a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> I think you, oh, you're saying that the car itself is like a combination of those? A combination right. of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking you could just have some Easter eggs. Like whenever you get returned to like the lot that you were bought from, you know, you can see those two cars in the background or something like you can spot them elsewhere on the lot. Yeah. I'm kind of almost thinking, um, if you remember the movie Problem Child, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, uh, it was it was sort of like the orphan was sort of causing all this havoc and then getting sent back to the orphanage by all these people. Right. One person sort of takes them on and just tries to change their, uh, change the um, the kid's sort of personality. Yeah, yeah. And they <laughs> but of course, it never actually works. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I reckon we've, we're about done with that one. What's your next game? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what we do with this. So this is this could be on the movie or just the general character overall because this this movie was an adaptation already. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have come across the uh, Bill Pullman Christina Ricci vehicle Casper. Ooh. Yep. So I'm kind of thinking, like, what can you do with a friendly ghost? Now, are you the friendly ghost or are you one of the inhabitants? Good question. Good question. Uh, we did just do a haunting game, so you, maybe you don't play the haunter in this case. Although Casper doesn't really haunt; he's friendly. Yeah, I know. I, I kind of, I kind of think in a, unlike a typical Hollywood sort of thing where. Uh, one of their favorite things to do is sort of like not include the title character as much as, as like all the other characters surrounding it. Yeah. I think that this should be front and center. You play Casper, who, as we all know, is actually the ghost of Richie Rich. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's canon. Canon. Yep. Um, so I, I kind of like the idea of. You being Casper the Friendly Ghost, you're helping, like, you're helping, you know, the inhabitant, inhabitants over, over, you know, this time. So, at the start, you're helping the, the girl get some friends, you know, helping, helping her out at a party and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Kind of similar to what happened in the movie. Yeah. And then there's, like, you can always have, like, as she grows up, you know, Casper doesn't, doesn't grow up. Oh, but, that's but interesting. But the girl grows up, grows up along alongside and sort of <laughs> I can see it being over over like a couple of generations of this family or something. Or well I like the idea there's some there's some comedy to be had there of this girl who has this friendly ghost as a as a friend and companion throughout her childhood, but now she's twenty four 
and going out to clubs and like trying to get laid. And there's this fucking 10 year old ghost still hanging out <laughs> and totally harshing her buzz. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, that, that could go down a very, very nasty, nasty sort well, of. Well, I think you just, you play way, it for but- laughs. It's a bit of that. I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a trope in, in comedy movies of, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, like a drop dead Fred almost or a, whether, you oh, know, yeah, whether, that's what I was sort of thinking. Yeah. Whether the imaginary friend or the, or even, I haven't seen it yet, but like Christopher Robin, the recent movie is, you know, he's all grown up and, and, and Winnie the Pooh or whatever comes back. Like I said, I haven't seen it, but just that general idea of, of, of connecting to that childhood. So maybe, so maybe she hasn't seen Casper in a while, right? Like, and she basically just- <laughs> He comes back in and goes, oh shit. Just walks <laughs> in on it. Disappears. <laughs> Covering his eyes, but it, because his hands are semi transparent, he can still see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, I, I think, I think that's a great joke. Path, Cause I like the narrative of this. Maybe something happened. Like she was. You know, for, for for like five years in her kind of puberty, you know, tween to early teen years, you know, until she was, say, 15, Casper was her friend and helped her with stuff. And you play that at the beginning and then Casper yep. dies or like something happens to Casper where she thinks he's been obliterated from existence. Um, the father sends an exorcist in. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like the father is really troubled because she keeps talking about this ghost you're seeing. So she gets this priest to come in and bless the house, and so Casper decides to like hide for well. No, I think this it time. works. I think I think some there's some mystical thing where he is like he gets sucked into a portal or something, and then he, when he comes whatever, back in, right? Like he's de-goopified, de-ectoplasmed or something, yeah, his, and it's taken him this long for his his spirit GNA to, to reform ghost, his DNA. Yes, his deoxyribonucleic acid. <laughs> and so he he does just pop back into existence right like he finally manages to reform himself it's kind of like fucking dr manhattan in watchmen where he's always bit stuck (laughs) Mm -hmm. just took him 15 years to to come back yeah yeah it took him yeah exactly it took him 10 15 years to come back and yeah he does materialize in her bedroom and she's changing it's just like oh shit uh, and, and, and then you've got all this like super awkward, you know, attractive, mid, you know, mid twenties woman and this ten year old now who, <laughs> or eleven, or this perpetual ten year old, yeah, he never quite managed to to hit puberty. Oh, so that would suck. Like to be a ten year old permanently, you know, it's a twenty one year old permanently would be fine. Yeah, yeah. Being in that preteen state and you're just starting to get those little, uh, little feelings, your voice little is sensations. Just, it was, you, your voice just cracked <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's still squeaky. It's forever. Oh God, yeah. that'd just be horrible. Damn that fucking assassin <laughs> who killed Richie Rich right at that age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I really, really like this idea. I, I think it's ripe for, for. Lots of fun and gameplay. I think some of the things that you, you know, that you're helping out with at first, you sort of got similar missions, almost kind of like our previous game with the uh, with the Untitled Goose game. Yeah. You've got sort of things that you got to do yep. um, in a checklist sort of thing. Or at least just a, a, an implicit checklist or, or like little scenes where there's a number of things you can, you know, you can you know, blow some pieces of paper off the table or you can pick something up and move it and, and scare someone or like distract someone. Yeah, in in Casper obviously you had the the three uncles who, you know, were causing mischief all over the place. So you had to sort of stop them from from doing things. So you can you can definitely have, you know, some sort of keep them occupied while the mm. party's going on. Yeah. While also, you know, shaking the chandelier and and you know, making it making that the party look all hip and yeah, or and like once the she, Halloween party's supposed to be haunted and all. This well, that's stuff. what I was going to say. Like once, once she gets back into the idea of having you around, she like 
she wants to do a seance and have you, you know, make it look legit. And so you have to, you have to do things there, but you're also trying to juggle other things around the house or something. So if you don't get back there in time, you can embarrass her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I I could so go on and on and on about my biggest pet peeve about movies where they call the movie one thing, like, I don't know, Spider-Man, and then they spend the entire time on Peter Parker. <laughs> it's like, I don't give a shit about Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. That's a bit different, because big part of Spider-Man is, is, is Peter Parker. Yeah, but when you- just because you got a digital suit and <laughs> and therefore you don't want to spend the big bucks, you can't give me 15 minutes of Spider-Man and then the rest of it Peter Parker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got your panties in and all- is this about the recent one? I haven't even seen that. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm talking more about the 2002 Spider-Man and and then when, when you know, everyone loves the uh, Spider-Man 2 where, um, you know, he's going up against Doc Ock and then halfway through he gives up being Spider-Man for an hour. <laughs> Fuck you. He's still salty about <laughs> fucking t- um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. All right. Oh, don't get me started about the third one where he fucking danced. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, next game. Yeah, go. Go. Your turn. So, I know that they did a game about this, Mm. but to me, there weren't enough prison breaks in Prison Break the Game. (laughs) So- (laughs) Did they do a game? They- I'm pretty sure they actually did a game. I think we've done a game. Either way. Of this, but that's fine as well. I- I kind of like the idea, now that VR is a- is a thing Mm. and it's becoming more mainstream, Mm -hmm. that, you know, basically you've got the tattoo, so you've got the plan, and you've got to sort of get things happening together- Yep. You know, so you can sort of get your crew together and then you're you're sort of making the plan as as you sort of go along based along, you know, sort of things on your tattoos or whatever. So you've got to try and look out for the guards and all this sort of stuff. Kind of like a way out, but just more systems based mm. and I, and that I sort do of stuff like that- the idea of because well his tattoo in the movie was on his back, wasn't it? Yep. So he had his. He had to have other people like. Well, it was it was all across the the body and the back, oh, okay. and so and down the arms and that. But sort of I stuff. like so the, the idea, idea of of in VR specifically having to like, at, like physically look at them, like go to a mirror, and and, and 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 you know you'd probably have to have some sort of like highlighting system once you've sort of figured out oh the, you know this is this part of the map or whatever. But yep. yeah, like you don't just. This is the clue. This is this what is we're the clue. Doing. Yeah, this but you is- do, you don't just have that at all times unless it's easily vi- visible on your arms or something from your perspective, right? Like you have to find a mirror if you want to look at it again. Yeah. Like uh, one of the things that I think a way out did well was the fact that it was like a two two player cooperative sort of game. Yeah. I kind of do like that idea, but I think the escape in A Way Out was a little bit too simplistic and happened very, very fast. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of it of it being, you know, a little bit more having to having to actually come up with a plan. Maybe there's a couple of different plans that you can sort of do in this game. It doesn't necessarily have to be a prison break direct route. Yeah, of course. But more more around, okay, here are the things that could work, but you won't know till you're actually inside and- the guards can actually um, interfere at any time, so you've got to be there for, for counts and, and that sort of stuff. Mm. And it's more about a, a thinking about how you would actually go ahead getting out of this thing. Yeah, well, I do like that idea of, of time really playing a part and uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you do the, the two-player thing or not. It, it could be interesting, particularly in VR, if you're doing that, but- yeah. Um, yeah, things like, okay, you know that this guard, like the guards are coming down or head counts at this time or whatever, but like, how do you know what time it is? You know, and so part of your strategy can be, well, I need to find a timepiece, um, just to, just to even be able to track this stuff. And, yep. and then you need to find somewhere you can hide it because it's contraband, right? Like, uh, different, different things. And, and you could even make that system space. It's like, okay, th- there's a bunch of hiding spots around this prison that you can find, whether it's a loose brick or behind the toilet or whatever, right? Like in, inside yep. your mattress and different stuff. But you don't have to hide one thing in any particular place. Like that's up to you as a player. Yeah. I mean, you could have it on your person and and find a time to actually pass it off to your, to your partner. Yeah. But you don't know if you're going to have- 
time to actually pass it to yeah, your partner. Yeah, before you're, like, searched or something, you know. And, yeah. and obviously different different pieces of contraband are more or less obvious to be carrying around or to be hiding in certain places. And, yeah, I, I like the I like the, the options that you've got there. It would definitely be tricky to, to create this world in a way where there's these different things that are possible based on the systems, but, I don't know, yeah. it feels doable. I kind of like the idea of having to sort of, once you get the timepiece, then you can start recording the, the changeover of the guard and that sort of stuff. Mm. So, you sort of understand, okay, if it takes me five minutes to do this and then four minutes to do, to get to here, at the next guard changeover, I've got this amount of time to get back and, and you need to sort of be thinking about when to leave. and Yeah, exactly. And, and, and having to improvise if you run into snags where you run late or- you know, you need ways to maybe signal your your cellmate to, you know, cover for you in some way, um, pretend you're in the bed or, I don't know, like different, you know, different things you can do. And, yeah, maybe you can, like, there's some, there's some character stuff in there too where you can get on the good side of certain guards and maybe, you know, pay them off or promise them things or just get, or just, like, get information from them, uh, which is going to help you. Yeah, like, figure out your plan. Yeah, and, and the idea of having, you know, a time limit to to sort of enact the plan, you know, kind of like uh, I did like the way that, oh, what's it called? Did it? Um, uh, Dead Rising, where you had, yeah. you know, a time a 48-hour time limit and certain things were going to happen as you went through the game and- so, maybe it starts when there's, like, a 48-hour time window. Yeah. And you've got certain things that you've got to get done. And if you don't get it done, then you can you can restart the restart the day. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not 40. Like, maybe you've got a week. And, yeah. But, like, and at the end of each day is basically a, like, save point of sorts where you can go back to any, like, the end of, or the start of any other day and play from there again because you're like, oh, fuck, okay, I didn't. I yeah. didn't have enough if, time. If you you know, I got to about- day six and I didn't have enough time to do this. So, all right, I'm going to go back to day three where I think I was pretty well on and I'm going to play those la- those last three days again to, to try and do it yep. better, to set me up better for the actual escape. Yeah, because I like that yeah. idea that actually managing, like pulling off the escape is actually, you know, pretty tricky. Um, and you probably do have to just try different strategies on different days and and build up, basically build up your resources so that by the by the time limit, you, you've got everything you need to, to pull off your plan. Yeah, and, and the idea that, you know, you've you've done this amazing day one, well, you've set yourself up for the rest of the game. You can at any time come back to that day one, but if you mm-hmm. do come back to that day one, any of the future progress is gone. Yes, exactly. You have to play from- Or it saves your best time. So uh, Well, then, I, I don't know. I, I think you have to play through it again. Like, I think you're basically- going back and, and wiping out what you've done after that point because, yep. yeah, otherwise, you, otherwise you're otherwise you just sort of, well, for one, you're probably going to run into paradoxes because yep. you, there might be things you can do on day four that if you could go down at day, get try to get day three better, then that's going to mess up day four. You know what I mean? So Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think until you actually clear it, you can you can move forward with the, with the previous best. But the second that you, you beat that time, or, or, you know, get it, get in a better position. You can choose, okay, I want to save this and replace the previous, the previous. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Save. You can try. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 Basically, you don't have to necessarily commit that day unless you want to. But then, yep. but once you do, it's, it's wiped out. It wipes the out it's all, all future progress. Yeah. 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 I like that a yeah, lot. That's cool. I think, actually. I think there's so much that you could do with that, that, you know, you may find out that oh look back on day one I had this opportunity to get this um I had a better opportunity to get the screwdriver so I'm gonna have to go back and play day one again yeah but then when you when you play day one you realize oh no there wasn't actually an opportunity to get that you or, or there was a different your- trade off that means you know the the thing you did on day three that worked quite well isn't gonna work or, or something like that yeah yeah the idea that you know if if 
what you were thinking didn't actually work. You didn't actually, just by going back and replaying that first day, you haven't actually totally wasted your, um, your progress until you, until you committed at the end of the, end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And then, then you've got, you know, less risk versus reward sort of stuff. I, I think the risk would be too high if you, if you, you know, wiped everything out the second that you even tried to attempt yes, that game. Yes, for sure. For sure. It, it gives you the opportunity to experiment a bit more. Yeah. But doesn't and make it too Experimentation, easy. especially in games today, is, mm. is Yeah, you don't want to be- You don't want to piss people off by saying, oh, no, you fucked that up and now you've got to do all this boring shit again that you already, you know, have figured out or done. Yeah, and the idea that once you've gone through a conversation once, you know, you can skip the conversations again. You don't have to listen to them all. Um, Yeah, well, you could almost- You you could take a a page from Life is Strange where, you know, you you can jump straight to decision points and and it'll tell you when there's new stuff based on, you know, other other changes you've made or something. Yeah. Basically branches you haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And and kind of almost the idea of and then this will happen, you know, kind of kind of like you're planning out the planning out the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um you talk yeah, you go back back in time during the game to say Oh, well I um, like the idea that you know, putting into into plans and all that sort of stuff. Well, <laughs> so how about this? Um when you do one of those, like, okay, you've gone back three days and committed that day. You've still mm-hmm. got some access to what you did on those previous days in that that's kind of your knowledge of what reactions might happen. Like, that's your planning. And yep. so, that and that could, you could kind of put that under the, the gameplay mechanism of just, like, maybe you have to, I don't know, talk to that guard again or something. But then that gives you back a big chunk of... The, you know, the map or the knowledge that you had from those three days that you've now erased, basically. Um, yeah. And the idea is that, oh, well, no, that was just me thinking it through. <laughs> yeah. And and you can play you can play around with those sort of systems of, yeah, this is you and your, your amazing brain working through the problems and these are the most likely outcomes on this particular day. Yeah. What I'm going to be able to get done. Yeah. And- I, th- I think the the manager in the background trying to trying to actually you know keep track of all these things that you've gone through could be rather hectic. Oh, of course, but but whatever. We're, we're, not, we're, we're talking not right about now. games that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we just come up with the idea. We don't actually intend to ever bring this into. Fruition. Not this one. <laughs> this one's definitely pie in the sky. But that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. All right, should we move on? Yes, we should. I've been clicking through. I've had a few different ideas, uh, but but one that's kind of grabbed me just because it's it's a little bit fun. It's a little bit whimsical. Mm-hmm. 1996's Mars Attacks. Ooh. Okay. And and what I want this to be is just what can we explore? Kind of a fun arcadey kind of shooter. On the rail shooter, like a uh, like a maybe um, it could be. Kind of like a virtual cop, yeah, or a, sort of like thing. a time crisis thing, sort, of, sort yeah. of situation. Yeah, that could be cool. But what I was thinking is uh, t- to take from Mars Attacks is that it was an ensemble cast and showed like the, the perspective of a lot of different people, right? And mm-hmm. so the game like switches back and forth between a few people's stories, and then each of them also has just different weapons and stuff, right? So it mixes up the gameplay a bit as well. Yep. Okay, I like this. Um, obviously, your big secret weapon is the um, is that yodeling. Yeah, whatever the music artist. or whatever is that. What it was was it yeah. yodeling? Yeah, it was okay. like a or a crooner sort of. Yeah, I think it was just thing. like country music or something, wasn't it? Or no, I can't remember. Yeah, but he was sort of. Oh, you know what I mean. He was. Yeah, doing the doing the high pitched. Yes, sort of. Yeah. I need to watch that movie again, obviously, but. Yeah, oh, god damn, that was such a good film. <laughs> and the the fact that they killed all the all like the big cast. Oh yeah. Like you just like doesn't Michael you J. Didn't Fox know die, who like, was actually really quickly and, uh, uh I know that Jack Nicholson does. Right. Like yeah. but he's in it twice <laughs> as two different characters. Right. <laughs> but um, you know, then you got Pierce Brosnan and um Sarah Jessica Parker that get mm. their 
get their head sort of taken off and put on dogs. That's right. <laughs> well, that, that, oh, you could bring that sort of shit that's into That's a cool it. vignette. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you have a little section where you're fucking running around on, rail, uh, on rails again, but as a dog, and all you can do is, like, bite at ankles and things. <laughs> um... All right. Well, look. Let's let's take this as an actual arcade shooter, though, because we've never done that yep. before. So it's an on rails arcade shooter. Um, you do it. You do it two player, like a like a time crisis or something. And yeah, it's it's Mars is attacked, and you've got a little bit of intro story that kind of shows that you know shows a, a brief version of an of an opening scene where they come down and you think it's all going to be all peaceful and then they just start disintegrating people. And then, yeah, you play a couple of characters who, who are there. Like, maybe that's the first scene. Is now it's just, oh, shit, we're out at Area 51 or something, or we're, we're out in the desert wherever they landed, and we're blasting aliens. Mm-hmm. So I think I don't remember enough of the actual characters, so let's just come up with, like, new characters who would be involved in this in some way. Yep. So you start off as a news cameraman. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, I like I, the I idea, like the idea that-, <laughs> that that one is is you literally running around trying to trying to capture the footage. Okay, and it's sort of like well, you know I you're hiding. You behind- can, I wonder if you can switch back and forth. Like I'm kind of picturing this idea yep. of you know you've got your you've got your your light gun that you're holding from the beginning, and the little cutscene is shit starts going down. Yeah, you're the camera person. But you you run behind something and you pick up a gun, like a pit, just a pistol. But from that point on, you can hit the button on the side and it switches back and forth between your camera and your gun. And there's some you know gameplay purpose that you need to be capturing this, whether it's just you know it, it's a it's a objective to to make sure you capture certain things. Uh, but at the same time, you're trying to protect yourself from these fucking aliens. So my my question is. Is this, and I know I've sort of talked to you about doing something like this before, yeah. the idea of having, like, a VR on the rail shooter. So, um, you're actually in VR. You know, there's probably certain points that, you know, you need to get to. You've got, you've got free movement, movement in between. Yeah. Or you've got teleporting movement, and each teleport is sort of like you're teleporting next, to like, the scene. next- as such. The next scene. Yeah. So it doesn't unlock until you've sort of cleared out a scene. Yeah, that could be cool. You could maybe because then you've- you could maybe make this the first <laughs> one that is both. Like if you've got the VR version, you've got a bit of extra stuff where, yeah, once you've like cleared out a scene, you can now kind of explore a bit. Maybe it expands out the narrative so you get a bit more uh environmental storytelling and you get some little scenes play out and then yeah, once you sort of teleport or once you get to that next section, you're locked in again. And and now it's the, the, the rail shooter for that next bit. Yeah. I, I just really, really think it would translate so well to, to you know, that, that light gun game of, you know, you're, you're trying to shoot all these people really quickly, switching between targets yeah. and hi- hiding behind cover and that sort of stuff, but you're physically having to hide behind cover. Yeah, sort of for thing. sure. That would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. look, it, I, um, I think you could definitely go either way. And particularly if you end up more narrative heavy, you don't want to be doing that on an arcade machine. Yeah, and and you know home TVs don't really like doing light gun sort of stuff, but VR works oh, no, perfectly no, for light that, gun. No. no, what I do like about it being in the arcade is how easy you set up two player stuff. Because I'm thinking, like, even with that first scene, you could play a a, a news team. And you can decide either like, all right, you do the filming, I'm going to do the shooting. Like, I'm going to protect you while you, you know, get the footage we need. Or if you're yep. playing single player, you obviously you need to be switching back and forth. But you could, even with two player, like, just split up the tasks you need to do. It's like, okay, you need to get a shot of, you know, a Martian killing the um, a, a, an official, you know, a, a high-ranking official, and I'm going to get the shot of, you know, a, sh- a Martian ship crashing or something or, or someone getting disintegrated or whatever. And I'm going to get a shot of you shooting this guy in the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one one of the things that I was sort of thinking about was, uh, what was it? Oh, crap. I just thought about it. Oh, um, in, like, say, The Division and that sort of stuff, you had, like, 
covering fire that you could actually Ooh, yeah, do. Yeah. So so if you fired a lot of a lot of shots at like an enemy who was behind cover, they'd be ducking behind cover and yeah. sort of reacting to that. So the idea of okay, the cameraman needs to get across here, but he can't get across because they're continually shooting. Okay, so lay down some covering fire. Yeah. Now that now he can teleport over there. And now, you know, you're hiding hiding again and only laying down when they need to- they I need do to, like uh, that idea of, try and get of their suppressive next. fire. That's cool. Or even just yep. not when they're trying to get someone from one place to the other necessarily, but they're just trying to get the shot. Like, they're trying to get a particular shot of something over there, but there's too much There's too much gunfire. And so, yeah, you can yep. just, like, lay down suppressive fire while they get that shot. Yeah. That's cool, actually. Yeah. Mm. It, it's just not- It's not done enough in these sort of, these sort of games. It's always, yep. These people are always going to sort of come out into the open and they're just going to always be out there. But the idea of having, having, you know, one or two enemies that you, that you're sort of going up mm. against. But if you, if you shoot too many times at them, they're going to hide behind the cover. Yeah. They're going to actually be thinking about that while also getting a bit of twitch sort of, um, shooting happening as well. Yeah. No, that's cool. All no, right. And really so then, so, so you get some, uh, some stuff with this news team and, I think you switch back to them here and there. And so you've got basically missions where it's like, okay, we're trying to capture certain footage and, and you're sort of trying to get this whole situation out to the world as well as at the same time, you're getting better weapons to shoot with and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, you've got the couple who end up getting experimented on. So maybe they get captured, like they've been captured really early on. And so maybe their stuff is actually going through like a Martian spaceship. And so I'm just trying to think of... You know, how does their gameplay differ? It could be interesting that if theirs is a bit more close quarters. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if this would work in the in the light gun arcade version, but it, it could be interesting to switch to theirs. And theirs is more about like swinging melee weapons. Um, and so it's like <laughs> you're ducking behind a corner and waiting for a Martian to come around and then you just like smash a fucking crowbar into that giant you know, dome of theirs and smash it open and the heads explode. Yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking almost like a like a Gorn yes. sort of. Yeah, that's my mind went there too. Yep. For sure. And so, and then being able to, and then, the, and then you've got some gameplay around, and particularly if you're doing two-player, like distracting a guard so that the other person can get into a room to like hit a switch or- Yeah, being able to, being able to literally pick up a stone and throw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Oh. That could be cool to, to have Why that. hasn't this been done already? <laughs> <laughs> to, multiplayer VR is is a hard sell, I think. There's not much of an audience there. Yeah, but you can do it in single player too. You yeah, can- you could. You could. And then, yeah, I think the, the sort of Just end of their light little gun story- Just VR is- Although, like, the last <laughs> act of their little story is they get put onto, onto dog's heads or whatever. Uh, onto yep. dog's bodies. And so- the last part of them is you're down at ankle level and, yeah, attacking people or Martians or whatever uh, to escape. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I, I, do, I do enjoy it when we get to play around with these different film properties. Oh, it's fun. And look, I think tonight we've mostly just been taking them as, as inspiration in general, but that's, that's awesome. That's, like, that's fun. Yeah. So, I've got a joke one and a, and a somewhat real one. All right, let's see which so, one which one we do longer on. <laughs> Sometimes joke <laughs> ones like turn okay. into good ones. Yeah. So, I had an idea to do Battleship the the movie, <laughs> the video oh, game. Off. Battleship the movie, the video. So, Battleship the board game, the movie, the video game. <laughs> yeah, so that that was my joke. Well, point. hang on, cuz um, I didn't even see Battleship. What was what happened in that in the movie? Liam Neeson um, Was it literally just battleships firing each other or was there something So, what actually happened is is like aliens came down and and sort of destroyed their radar so that in this one particular area, they didn't know where the um, where the the to, alien ships actually they had were. To figure out a way to just blind to make people blind fire. Okay, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. You, you know, can then do was, some interesting then, stuff though with like some sort of strategy game where you're able to basically yeah like knock out the radar. And yeah, but all of, all of a sudden I was going down the hunt for Red October sort of path and i'm like yeah i'm not kind of interested in that but then that that brought me to something that my son's been watching a lot of 
which is the movie Pixels. Okay. Also haven't seen it. Heard it's pretty terrible in a somewhat humorous way. Uh, um, I didn't think it was as bad as what the reviews actually said. Okay. Like, it's a typical, like, Hattie Madison sort of film. Yeah. They could have done it a little bit better than what they did, but I do like the idea of these classic sort of games being being done in a different in a different way. So, you know, there was like breakout in in like in three D sort of thing. There was uh, pretty much a, a full on uh, Donkey Kong sort of thing done in in almost first person. Just the idea of taking these old arcade games and turning them into like a first person. Things could actually be kind of yeah, okay, kind of awesome. So this is almost almost a Wreck It Ralph ish sort of element to it as well. Of just this this world where these things are are mixed up. Yeah, um, are you thinking we we take the pixels idea and it's it's them coming into like the real world, the modern world, or yeah, you you're sort of going. With because because it's never going to get made anyway. You you're taking the the old classic sort of arcadey games and just turning them on their head, kind of like what they did in the in the film with Pac Man, where they were all driving like the um the go the cars as as basically the ghosts. So you were okay. you were chasing down um you were chasing down Pac Man, but of course if he if he got one of the pellets, then you had to like get the fuck away. Because, you know, with a power pellet, he can eat a ghost. So, the idea of being able to, to actually drive around and, and try to bump into, into Pac-Man, I think that could be kind of cool. Uh, in Centipede, it was like they were they had light guns and they were shooting the shit out of, like, all the mushroomy sort of yeah. things, trying to destroy the Centipede. Uh, you could do s- Space Invaders from that from that same sort of view of, of shooting up. Shooting and, up into the sky. Um, so is all this stuff happening at once, do you think, then? Or, like, at least multiples of them at the same time? Yeah, it's just sort of, like, little vignettes is what is what was happening in, in the movie. Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering, yeah, for the game. So are you talking- Are we talking first-person shooter, basically? Um. Yeah, first-person shooter with, you know, obviously some maybe third-person elements when you're driving cars. And that yeah, sort of okay. If because, yeah, I'm trying to picture a scene where, I'm, where you're like, okay, you're out on the streets, and if you look up, you can you're taking out space invaders that are coming down. You know, if you if you turn out, you turn head towards this way, but you have to take out se- segments of centipedes um, as you go. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of yep. trying to figure out how much is 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 it all integrated in these different scenes. Is this a Call of Duty style uh, set piece heavy? You know, uh, yeah, I reckon you could actually do that sort of thing, yeah. like a. You know, continuous waves of different different pixel enemies in between. Like you get to the set piece of oh, now the space invaders are coming yeah. down, and sort of almost does the Borderlands thing of bang! It's this it's this boss guy that you're going up against now, right? Yeah, and it's like now you got to now you got to deal with this. You know, you can get under the cover and then sneak out from under yeah. it and and shoot the space invaders. One of the funny things that I I actually read about space invaders the other day is. It was never actually coded for the um, the Space Invaders to get faster if they went down. It was just that the way it was actually coded, the uh, the number of sprites on the screen at once slowed the frame rate right down. And then by the yeah. by the time it actually got to um, got to one, it was able to go at at the actual clock speed. I did see that, although I think. I think, well, the video I saw said that that is what, like, he noticed that happening. The, the creator noticed that happening originally, but then liked it and actually coded it into the game. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But yes, it was it was based on the less pixels, the faster they were able to, to like, uh, process. And so, it, it went faster. But yeah, I-, I But I'm, I'm just imagining, like, an asteroids part that, you know, you get into this massive oh ship and you just- Yeah. You know, in 3D, you know, shooting the asteroids as, as they, they come in closer and, bits and smaller and smaller. Oh, God, that'd be, that'd be, cool. be freaking amazing. Yeah. Missile command, you know, you got all these missiles coming in. You got to sort of send up the, the chaff to, to sort yeah. of explode the missiles in the, in the, in the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Just so many, so many cool games that you can sort of take on. Yeah. I could see that working well. I could see that working well. And then, 
uh, again, I didn't see pixels. So was there a reason this was all happening? Like, is this in our game? Is it going to be that you are trying to obviously? I mean, presumably you're trying to stop this from happening, but yeah, you're trying to save Earth, basically. Yeah. What what ha- what happened in the um uh, movie was uh, some footage went out in into space of basically you know this this video game competition. But it it got received by these digital um, aliens, right? Who basically took it as as a call to war, I, um, because you know it's all these pixels being being destroyed, and they're digital aliens that that are somewhat pixelated. Yeah. So they took it as as you know this this is an act okay. of war. So they they came down to to actually. Um, it's, not, play it's the, all right. I play these games. To I actually, just saw on Wikipedia um, that Kevin James plays the president of the United States. So you've sold me. It's fine. Yeah. I'll watch it one day. <laughs> it's, it's on Netflix, so. Oh, is it? No, I just searched. It's not. That I swear it Oh, off. no, no. Sorry. Sorry. My son has been watching it on my Plex. Uh, that's, that's where he watches it. It used to be on Netflix. Yeah, I remember seeing um, it. Know, I, I literally, it while time. we were talking, just like ran through all our streaming services and it's not available on any of them. But <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's do one more. Um, yeah. Give me a moment. Because because we've each had one, oh, a whole heap, three each. Yeah. Let's let's come up with one together. Okay. Cool. So, Can we combine one? Let's. Should we do a three, two, one? Say it, and we'll try to. Come- uh, let me let me quickly. Yeah, think I, of- I don't have one yet. I don't have one yet. But I'm just wondering if we basically try to take the combination of of whatever we come up with. All right, I've got I've got one ready in the chamber. Okay, uh, I need to. I need to think. I need to think. It's one that's been um, done if- quite a few times before, but I'm interested to see where we can take a combination of this and something else. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. One. Yeah, I do. All right, we'll do a we'll do a three, two, one, and say it. Yep. Three, two, one. Jurassic Park. Dark Crystal. <laughs> Jurassic Park and Dark Crystal. <laughs> Combined. Yep. Awesome. All right. Uh, you are going to have to give me a quick recap of Dark Crystal because I have not seen it in many, 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 many years. It was not one that kind Yes, of- I watched it just the other day in getting pre- prepared for the prequel series. Yes, I um, saw that, that was out. So, but- you've got the Skeksis and the Mystics. Mm-hmm. They're actually like the same, the same sort of entity. It's just that they got split- at like the last great conjunction. Okay. Um, basically, what's happened over, over the years is they realised that there was a um, there was a like prophecy for uh, a Gelfling who would come and come and destroy uh, the Skeksis' current way of living. So they they went out and and like murdered all of them, and finally, <laughs> you know, dark. the the Gelfling. Come, comes comes back and causes you know this the Skeksis and the, the mystics to join together and become this other this other being the good and the bad as it were sort of joining together yeah. and then you know age of prosperity going forward and then they created dinosaurs <laughs> well well just the idea of having having like well you could have you know the the actual big big Monsters that you're sort of going up against in, in the journey to the um to the castle. All right. So okay. So there, there was like there was basically a quest that they had to go on to to get something. Yeah. Basically, um, first of all, he had to go on a quest to see Augra to get a um, a shard of the of the, the crystal. dark crystal, yeah. and then get to the dark crystal and make during the Great Conjunction make the uh, dark crystal whole again. Okay. By inserting the shard as as like all three suns came together, and yes, that's right. There are three suns on this planet. <laughs> Let's not go into the physics of that, Michael. Uh- <laughs> 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 all right, so I'm just trying to figure out how we work Jurassic Park into this. Do we? Yeah, do we just make it that like it's 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 this similar sort of quest, except they have to go through a dinosaur park. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the the castle is in the centre of. I, I think what you could actually do is is have this sort of set on. It's actually set on Earth instead of the other yeah. planet. One one of the things that sort of happened at the end of the 
of the last Jurassic World movie uh-huh. was that now dinosaurs are, are sort of roaming the land. Okay. Yes. Um, the idea being that, you know, this this Skeksy slash mystic thing has actually occurred in the far future where dinosaurs are still are still roaming the land. There's no there's no real humans anymore because, you know, they sort of got wiped out mm-hmm. because they were stupid and or, climate or at least change all things are like descendants of humans or something. Or something yeah. Um and the Skeksis are, are somewhat bird like, but they're actually like very, very smart dinosaurs that have that yeah. are sort of Oh yeah, okay. Okay. That's so it's just many, many years in the future that you have like the smart raptor-like dinosaurs yeah. that the, that are actually that become the Skeksis, the Skeksis. basically, or become yeah. the yeah, uh, both of them, I suppose, the Mystics as well, in some sense. But, yeah. All right, so we, we're basically doing a a Dark Crystal game, but it's got this lore that that goes back to you know we we, we put in little Easter eggs and little history stuff of. You know the the land that they're um, that they yeah, live on is like you know uh, Inublar or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of you. You actually, if you go off the beaten path, you actually see like a ruined jeep that yeah. is completely rusted out yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Like kind of like in Jurassic Jurassic World, you actually got to see you know some of the original Jurassic Park stuff. Yes. Because they were actually on the same- On the same island, yeah. The same island. Okay. Um, just, again, the idea that, <laughs> you know, there's some Jurassic Jurassic stuff available off the beaten path, yeah. but- Yeah. Uh, it's almost a sequel in itself. Yes. Uh, so, what, what are we thinking? Is this just like a third-person action adventure? Yeah, I, th- I think it, I think you've got co- enough set pieces co- and stuff that can actually happen. Like, because there's, there's a- there's two of them who go on this quest sort of thing, right? Yeah. So is this a, um, a companion- in the new series? There's three of them, right? Is this so you can maybe have like a lost Vikings sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Maybe they've each got different <laughs> skills. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it kind of just goes into classic third-person action platformer <laughs> at that point. Yeah, we've 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 ticked off all the boxes. Otherwise, <laughs> 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 I'm not sure there's much gameplay-wise that uh, that affects it. From, from what you're doing. But you could have some really nice, uh, beautifully modelled landscapes and, and some scenery. And- yeah, I think I think sort of going off the, the Far Cry idea of, you know, it's a sort of big, big open land and, um, you know, it's sort of like the Far Cry slash, slash Breath of the Wild. Yeah, or I'm even thinking idea like, of- like Jack and Daxter 2 or whatever. Like one of, one of, yeah. was it that one that had the open world? Um, but it's it's very platformy, you know. Um, but you know, you've got yep. kind of a hub and 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 an open world and, and different missions that show up and stuff. Yeah, that could yeah. be cool to to really make what, give you give you some what I like opportunity is, for character um, development. And- un- unlike this whole thing being being set as part of the like the Great Conjunction, I think it's actually set numerous years sort of before before the Great Conjunction, so that you you don't have necessarily a time limit that you got to get there by the time that the um you know the sun's the line, all converge yeah well again um, i think we're kind of just taking inspiration almost so yeah um you know they're not even necessarily these are uh, the same species and things from from dark crystal it's more just the general idea of the the, the sort of two uh, there's, warring, there's a really dark races castle that both sort of thing. have, have yep. descended from dinosaurs, and then the Gelflings that are descended from humans, and and just the society that's cropped up around that. Yeah, now, I'm I'm picturing you know you got a similar sort of castle there. You've got you know the sort of slavery stuff that's actually happening with those goddamn Skeksis because they are fucking wrong. <laughs> like, I need to watch it again. Oh. It, I, I sat there watching it, going, "Oh my god, this is such a such a rich world, but fuck me, it's dark." <laughs> like I just didn't realize how dark it actually was. Yeah, but it makes me want to watch the uh, the new series all all the more. I just haven't had the time to actually watch it because I'm wondering if my wife wants to watch it with me. That's uh, always the question. She may not because she she didn't really like the Dark Crystal. I don't know why. Uh, you know what? Film. It's it's definitely one of those ones that's a little bit tougher to get into. 
um, compared yep. to to other classics of that era. Labyrinth. Well, Labyrinth <laughs> is one that it always <laughs> seems to kind of be compared to, I guess, just because it's Jim Henson and um, and such. But yeah, it's uh, I, I never. It's it, it's not one that I remember fondly, particularly from my childhood. It's it's it yep. was there, and I saw it maybe once or twice, but uh, nothing like. Labyrinth or Princess Bride, which are the other two that kind of fall definitely into, and I think just because they're puppet based. Well, Princess Bride, yeah. But but then then again, I'm, I I look at it and I probably I loved Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. Didn't really watch Princess Bride till like in in my oh, teens. Oh, really interesting. Like my late teens. Yeah. Um, I think there's so a, I think like there's the a meme there. The like two types of people of of whether they were. You know, yeah, or, or three types Everyone of people, Labyrinth, which have- <laughs> but only <laughs> depending on which one you loved more. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I know that my sister absolutely hated the Dark Crystal because mm. she always got freaked out by Augra. I feel like there are definitely less people where Dark Crystal would be like their their really uh, influential one. But that'd be interesting. We should put up a poll. Yeah. It- <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. I think we shall end it there tonight. Thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash BitStorm. All of our stuff is there. Follow our podcast. You'll get updates in your feed of uh, new releases. Follow our creator profiles. You'll get updates in your feed when we guest on other shows, which, you know, hopefully we'll do a little bit more of. Uh, and hell, follow our user profiles and you'll see what we're rating and reviewing on Podchaser as well. There's lots of stuff there. And now this is just a plug for my site, podchaser.com, because it is awesome. Also, we are part of the 8-Bit Network, <laughs> the 8-Bit Collective. Uh, you can go to 8bit.net and see a bunch of other great podcasts there, a uh, bunch of, you know, Australian, uh, mostly uh, podcasters doing things, again, mostly around games, but sports and a variety of other things too. Check them out. They are awesome people. Now we'd also like you to check out the AGP and the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. They will be back with Party Mode this year at PAX. Yes. So tune in for that. Got to take That's down the Australasian Gaming Podcast. Network. Yes, uh, but Jason isn't going to be there this year. So is it really Nostradamus? Good, good. Yeah, that's true. It's just wonder who they're going to get in to replace. <laughs> wonder who, who they're going to get to replace Jason. Good Nimbus. question. We shall find out in a couple of weeks. Yep. Well, this weekend, because this is... <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> okay. Uh, and, yeah, so search for at AGP Network on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuridus for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. Yeah. All right. So thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor and Scott. And we come in peace. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>